We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Obviously, a flurry of activity and then a breaking news story that directly relates to what's going on with the Atlanta Hawks. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to Brad Botkin. He's the NBA writer for CBS Sports, cbssports.com, where you can check out all of his work. And he's on Twitter, at Brad Botkin CBS. Brad, appreciate the time here. And, um, you know, we've got a lot to talk about here because there's been some developments here about what's going on with the Hawks and a few other teams as well. Well, let's get into it. Well, this Gary Payton thing is... I don't know how much this is going to blow up, but we're hearing reports about this could be a three-month injury. The Warriors maybe didn't know about it. They've been asking – the Blazers training staff has been asking him to play through. Like, how big of a mess is this going to become? Yeah, I'm I'm just reading about all this uh, the same way you are. Um, Pretty crazy. I mean, he's been out – pretty much all year he had just gotten back into the lineup uh with portland um three i mean if this thing you know it's a it's a it's a deal that the warriors were banking a lot on we know that they had given him up because they didn't want to pay him initially and now they bring him back in to pay him and there's a lot at stake here with with luxury tax money and everything so like I don't know. Like, I don't know if he ends up going back, like, to Portland. And they, I think the, the it's like a, they have to rescind it. They have a – I'm reading right here that a four-team deadline trade failed the physical. What a mess. Yeah. And, I mean, is this – go ahead. No, it, it's definitely crazy. Now, let me ask you from the Hawks' perspective. Tell me a little bit about Sadiq Bey. Um, obviously, you know, this – the. Sadiq Bay is part of this four-team trade. Um, you know, Detroit and, and the Hawks and, and Golden State and Portland, that's part of this four-team trade. How much does, you know, this, you know, negate a lot of what the Hawks did because this was a guy that, you know, we looked at for some bench scoring, could play small forward. Like this, this thing, yeah. you know, does affect the Hawks that, you know, they lose maybe potentially, and I, we still don't know the full details, but – potentially a nice piece coming off their bench for them. Yeah, I'm putting this together now. I, the Peyton, did they expand this deal? Was this initially a four-team deal? Because I'm, I seem to remember it as the Wiseman to Detroit and, and Bay to Atlanta and the picks to Golden State. Um, I didn't – I guess it expanded those picks. And I thought the Peyton deal was a separate one where the, uh, Golden State took the picks. But, yeah – Anyway, this is I'm figuring all this out now, but Bay was going to be a bit. I liked him to Atlanta. I thought that, you know, it mitigated somewhat the loss of Herder. Um, certainly, Atlanta um, planned their deadline a little bit around getting at least something to upgrade their, their roster and something completely out of their control 
they lose a guy that they were they were going to depend on for like you said for some bench scoring and they need spacing they need shooting they you know Atlanta's I think the the lowest volume three point team in the league uh, he he was going to help them uh, I, you know it's just it's it's crazy to me that something like this that involves multiple teams and you know that it's going to screw it up for everyone that it would that the you know the eyes wouldn't be dotted the t's wouldn't be crossed that's uh, it, it seems to me they would have done their legwork here, knowing that that Peyton's been injured all year. Yeah, and, uh, and by the way, Brad, the, the the Hawks announced the the Hawks literally sent out a press release announcing the terms of the trade last night. They sent out a late night press release that said that this was a done deal, and they announced all the terms and everything like that. So the fact that this you know could still be rescinded at this point. It just throws a lot of things into flux for four for four teams oh, it and sure all this. Does. Yeah, it, it, it sure it sure does. I mean, it's I guess Wiseman now can't Golden State can't get rid of Wiseman. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. If they, if they try to. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, the physicals, I guess that something like this never comes up. So... I go by, you know, we've, I've got trackers here on all my sheets for every deal, and I follow when it becomes official. You know, Kyrie, teams are always putting off a deal, calling in the trade to the league to make it official because they want to expand it into a three-team deal or a four-team deal or whatever. But when it goes official, it's official. Um, that's kind of what we all go off of. Uh, it's pretty wild to me that, you know, I wonder if behind closed doors there was at least, you know, some trepidation that, like, geez, Peyton's got – he's had a kind of a mess of injuries all year. I mean, it's it, – it, what did Portland disclose? Uh, it's going to be a mess to sort through the details of this. I, I Unfortunately, I don't have any answers of how or why this happened. I just – like you, it's, it's a mess, and it's <laughs> not just a mess for, for Portland and Golden State. That's what makes it a real mess. NBA writer for CBS Sports, Brad Botkin, joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, one of my takeaways from all of the deadline moves is, <laughs> and the Hawks, you know, they were involved in a trade that they they sent a total of their two deals, seven second-round picks. We've seen the Hawks give away three first-rounders. There seems to be in these deals a real – um, what I want to say, a, a a real lack of value in the in draft picks. Like they're they're you know you would never see these kinds of things by and large with as many second rounds picks in the NFL and things like that. It just doesn't seem like that there's value to these picks when it comes to the NBA draft because teams are trading them like they're poker chip. I mean, like like they're just you know for free to everybody. Uh, they are second round picks. One one team is picking them up just like Golden State did from Atlanta to reroute them. They're just uh, they're kind of nickel currencies, you know, where they're they're gonna they're gonna use them to go get not big deals, but they're gonna be the 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 topping on a big deal or the or the core of a smaller deal. That's really how second round picks are looked at. You're gonna get varying 
degrees of perspective on that in terms of you can look back over some drafts and you can always find one or two gems that come out of the second round. I mean, hell, Nikola Jokic is a second rounder. Uh, Draymond Green was a, was a second rounder. But the odds of that happening are, you know, teams would rather use those as, to, to your point, poker chips. They're, they're not really valuable poker chips. You can't really do a unless you stack up five of them. I like guess you can go get um, a Gary Payton. Uh, but that's only in a multi-team trade with a bunch of things going elsewhere. So, they, you know, they just – they don't have a ton of value. It's pretty much what they're there for. Realistically, the NBA has um, – it has changed really over the past maybe two or three years where the the likeliest avenue of needle-moving moves uh, for your team is going to come via trade. Uh, so we it used to be five years ago. All the rage was cap space. It was it was how much cap space do you have? How many? How much cap space can you create? You people were trading off of expiring deals and take and all these things to to get cap space. That was the avenue to then go out and lure free agents. Now it's all about trades. All of these big name guys they trade teams via trade, and so you have to have a war chest of draft picks, mostly first-round picks, but second-round picks as well for toppers in order to pay for those trades. And, and I think that's been the shift around the league is that the avenue for pursuing certainly the biggest stars, but even the mid-tier stars, is trades now. Um, and so the, these, these cap space numbers don't quite mean as much anymore. And writer for CBSSports.com, Brad Botkin joining us on the waitforward.com hotline. You know, at, at first blush, it's obviously easy to say, well, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, they they leave the Nets, and now the Nets are going to be really awful. But I think the Nets did themselves some good with some of the pieces that they got back. Yeah. Do, do you think that they're going to have much of a fall, not much of a fall, or or are they going to fall really hard having lost those two superstars, I do like what they got back, and I don't know how much they really do fall back to the pack. Yeah, I mean, they don't have the potential anymore. It's like they used to have, like, a cathedral ceiling, and now they just have, like, a you know, <laughs> right. a, reg- a regular old vaulted ceiling. You know, they still are pretty good. The thing is they don't have any incentive to tank. You know, I think they – I'd have to check the details on this. I think it might be a swap this year with, with Houston – but after this, they, you know, they, they traded out all their picks in the Harden deal. Um, so they don't, uh, they don't, they don't have any reason to go and stink. So that's why they weren't ever going to completely tear the thing down to the screws. Uh, they did what we just talked about. They piled up, I think a total of how, I don't I forget how many Dallas gave them for Kyrie, but somewhere North of seven picks for Irving and Durant, they're going to try to flip those. They're, they're going to go out and try to use those as currency to trade. And they kept the foundation of a team in place because really their only their only play here is to continue trying to compete because bottoming out they don't own their draft picks. So yeah, they kept they keep a Seth Curry. They get a super good player in Mikael Bridges. They get Dorian Finney-Smith. They get Spencer Dinwiddie. They're they're starting to remind me of the Jazz earlier this year where it was like they had that stink of oh they're going to tank, but then you looked at their roster and it's like they got Colin Sexton and Larry. Markin in and they've got Kessler and they've got 
uh, Olenek, and you look across the roster, and it's like, these are a bunch of competent, good NBA players. No stars, but competent guys. And that's what the what the Nets are now. You're going to run out Ben Simmons and Royce O'Neal and Seth Curry and Patty Mills and Spencer Dinwiddie and, and, and all these, Dorian Finney-Smith and Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. I mean, these are good players. Do they have the potential to go and win a championship that they had with Durant and Irving? No, they're not going to win a championship. But they stayed a good team, and they could end up being a hell of a headache for these teams that are contenders in a first-round series. Brad, last question for you. <clears throat> Who's better set up to make a run at the NBA title now, Phoenix or Dallas? Phoenix. Oh, my God, Phoenix. That's not even close. I mean, Dallas should, should have just kept Brunson. I mean, they, <laughs> Irving's a better player, I guess, but he's not that much better than Brunson in terms of what they had to give up to get him. I mean, they're, they're going to be relatively unstoppable defensively, I mean, offensively. Um, you know, they got Christian Wood popping who can hit three. I mean, how are you going to defend Luka Doncic when you can't double-team him because you can go to Kyrie Irving as a secondary creator or vice versa? And, oh, by the way, either one of them can run pick and pop and space the big man out with Christian Wood and Maxi Kleber shooting. So they're going to be unstoppable offensively. It's just going to come down to whether they're making their shots or not. But defensively, I just, you know, the West became a gauntlet again after the trade deadline. It's, it's like the old West. For a minute there, the East looked like the better conference, and now it's like, good night. I mean, good luck going through the West right now. you got to <laughs> be awesome. And the, the, the Mavericks just don't have the defense. Now, the Suns, what was concerning about them prior to the deal is that they didn't get any paint points. They were very low in transition points. So they had to earn their buckets like 90s style. Now they have two of the best mid-range shooters in the league in, in Chris Paul and, and, and Devin Booker. But that was going to be tough with just two guys creating enough mid-range offense to get through four rounds. Now you have the greatest mid-range player ever. So with three of those guys, it's not as much of a concern that they don't get a lot of paint points and they don't get a lot of pace transition points. Uh, Defensively, Durant was – I don't want to hear about Ben Simmons or Royce O'Neal or Claxton or any of them. He was the best defensive player on the net. He guards perimeter to rim and fluctuates back and forth between them seamlessly. He's going to be fantastic. The only concern for Phoenix is, like most super teams, they don't they lost a lot of depth. So their bench is going to be a concern. They might have to go to a seven-man rotation, maybe eight, that Monty Williams can really trust. So they're going to be susceptible to injuries the rest of the way and foul trouble in the playoffs. Um, but if you assume that the top guys get 38 minutes a game, uh, and you assume that the bench, the ninth and tenth guy, don't end up being that much of, of a factor, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix is not only a, a better bet than Dallas. They're, the, to me, the best bet of any team to win it all. The Celtics, to me, are the only team that, that you can make a case for having a better chance on paper than Phoenix, but, but Phoenix is a top, top, top title favorite. Dallas is, I don't even know that they're going to be that much better, to be honest with you. Brad Botkin is on Twitter at Brad Botkin CBS, NBA writer for CBSSports.com, and joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Brad, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes in Atlanta. It's crazy stuff, and, you know, maybe next time we'll talk about whether or not we had a rescinded trade to go through the yeah. NBA. All right, good luck with that. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.